This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Sim Wee Boon. Joining me on the show today is Dato Ma Wing Kwai, the chairman of Sidrek. Now, Sidrek is also known as the Securities Industry Dispute Resolution Center, and Dato will, will be here to talk about what Sidrek is all about, what are their responsibilities, some background into why they were established, as well as some situations that all the listeners can hear out so they can understand better about how Sidrek can help them with uh, some of the issues that might go through. So um, good morning, Gato, and welcome to the show. Let's start off with some background on C-Track, right? Maybe you can talk to us about like why it was established, how how long has it been, and what are the main responsibilities that C-Track has? C-Track, as you have mentioned just now, is the acronym for the Securities Industry Dispute Resolution Center. It is actually a company, a company limited by guarantee, uh, incorporated in 2011. So we are now 11 years old, and this is under the uh, auspices, our supervision of uh, the Securities Commission. Um, It is a body corporate. Uh, SIDRAC is not a regulatory body. And of course, um, SIDRAC is a non-profit making body. It is uh, as independent as it can get. And the emphasis is really to try to um, help uh, retail investors uh, if they have any problems, any complaints, uh, then they can uh, come to uh, SIDREC. Just as an overview, SIDREC, while it is uh, set up to help resolve uh, disputes, uh, SIDREC doesn't really make decisions on its own. The emphasis is on a process of mediation where parties come together uh, to uh, resolve their disputes through mediation or they can have access to an adjudicator through the process of uh, adjudication. These are the two main uh, processes that we have. Um, The claims, of course, revolve around the capital market products and services, and um, the claimant must uh, suffer a monetary loss to be able to uh, file a uh, claim. The member that, uh, uh, rather the respondent that the claimant will claim against will be a member of uh, SIDREC. And currently, we have um, 196 uh, members on our uh, record. What are some of the misconceptions that you think people might have about SIDRAC? One main misconception is that they think that SIDRAC is a regulatory body, whereas it's not, as I mentioned just now. Neither does SIDRAC give or make any awards for compensation out of uh, SIDRAC's uh, funds. So we are not a compensatory body. There's no funding for such uh, purpose. The only funding that we get, which is about four plus million a year, is from uh, a securities commission to run the work that's undertaken by uh, a SIDREC. As I mentioned just now, the process is very important, Mr. Sim, for listeners to understand. And that is, uh, let's say somebody has uh, put in some money and invested in the market and uh, feels that some there's something wrong, they've lost money, and they have a uh, grievance, there's a complaint. So, of course, uh, when they do file a claim with SIDRAC, uh, we will uh, liaise with the member, member company, and uh, to see whether this can be resolved by the member uh, itself. If we can't, then, of course, uh, we will have a file opened, uh, a case uh, registered, and that's where our case managers uh, come in. They have a very important job to do because uh, their job is to determine whether 
the complaint is what we term as an eligible claim or eligible dispute. Quite obviously, not every case that comes will be eligible. There are some frivolous claims, so that will have to stop at the door. But otherwise, um, if it's an eligible claim, then it is uh, registered. And the job of our case managers uh, is very important because uh, they are tasked with uh, getting information from the claimant, getting information from the member, so that um, the case is uh, put together. Now, this is actually an ADR uh, process, alternative dispute resolution process. You see, people must understand that uh, if you, the general uh, way of doing things is that you feel you have a claim, you have lost money, the first thing you do is you go to a lawyer and the lawyer thinks of uh, filing a claim in court. Um, but this is a process uh, where the service is rendered to the investing public uh, to see whether it can be resolved through mediation. Now, the mediation process, as uh, those who are uh, familiar with this, will mean that you'll know that it will mean that um, parties are brought together and uh, we will have an appointed mediator for this purpose, a uh, mediator who is trained and obviously uh, qualified. The job of a mediator is to try to get the parties together and to uh, discuss the issues and see what uh, there are. Uh, whether there are any avenues for a possible settlement. At the end of the day, the uh, very important note to uh, remember is that in mediation, a decision is not made by a mediator. The decision is made by the parties themselves. So it's always a consent settlement. Once it's signed off, then it will be binding on both parties. And if mediation is not successful, then either party can um, go on to adjudication. Here again, we have educators on our panel. Uh, they are paid uh, to education. Even mediators are paid uh, to uh, mediate, to carry out the functions. And the uh, educator job here is more like sitting uh, as, a, you know, as an arbitrator or sitting as a judge in court. He will actually listen to uh, the case on both sides and come up with a decision. And um, if uh, either party is not happy with that decision, they can either appeal to our uh, panel of uh, appeal uh, members or they can go straight to court if they want to. So actually, Mr. Simon has to understand that uh, you can have a case which is already filed in court and um, when parties get to know about SIDRAC or the court refers a case to uh, SIDRAC for mediation, uh, it then is uh, dealt with by the court. But if it is not successful at any of these stages, uh, the uh, claimant can still go back to court. So in other words, the jurisdiction of the court is not ousted. If, if, this, if, if a lot of these disputes are settled through mediation, right, I just want to ask like, why, why is then CIDRAC important? Why can't the parties involved with their lawyers uh, then go for mediation by themselves? Where does CIDRAC come in if, if both of them can also do it by themselves with their own respective lawyers involved? Okay, fine. Very, very uh, pointed question. Um, okay, as I mentioned just now, uh, Mr. Sim, let's say somebody has a claim for a uh, claim of 250,000 ringgit. If the uh, parties go on with the case, it will become a court decision. And uh, if the, either party is not happy, they can appeal to the uh, high court. And if they're still not happy, they can appeal to the court of appeal, right? There are two stages of uh, appeals. So quite obviously, going to court will involve uh, extra costs. Uh, it will also take more time. Yeah, and it is a case that is being held in the uh, open court. It's in the public domain. So one of the advantages in coming to uh, SIDRAC is that when you have a case that's being dealt with mediation, 
it is definitely a cost saver. It's a time saver and everything is held confidentially. Yeah. So what's the process like then? Maybe you can walk us through a typical process then. Sure. It, uh, the case, if it, comes, uh, if, if it cannot be settled directly with a member, uh, then of course it comes to SIDRAC. Uh, our case managers get involved and they will uh, ask questions. They will uh, ask for information to determine whether it is an eligible dispute, eligible claim. And if it is, then the case is uh, registered. And once all information are to hand, uh, then a mediator will be uh, appointed. Just like uh, to give an example, uh, Mr. Sim, is that uh, if you retain uh, a lawyer to uh, file a case in court, obviously the lawyer will have to do his homework, he will have to do his getting up to get his case together, and then he files the uh, claim in court. So by that time he files his case, he will have his pleadings, his statement of claim ready, he will have his documents ready, and so on. But um, let's say if a claimant comes directly to uh, SIDRAG, we don't have the benefit of pleadings, we don't have the benefit of the case history. So this is the job of the uh, case manager to ask the relevant questions, prepare a case, but not to make any decisions. It is not the job of the uh, case manager to uh, decide um, whether uh, the claimant is going to be successful or not. That is a job for the parties to uh, negotiate and to come to a settlement before the mediator. Okay, we're going to take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense. I'm Sim Weeboon. And today with me is Dato Mawing Kwai, the chairman of SIDREC. SIDREC is the Securities Industry Dispute Resolution Centre. Earlier in the show before the break, Dato was talking to us a bit about giving us some background on what SIDREC is, what they do, some more often misconceptions and some processes of how work with SIDREC for a resolution on an issue that you might have, how they can help you. So, um, Dato, now I want to ask you, right, maybe you can share some data with us, right? How many, like, on average, how many cases does CIDREC look into? What are the nature of cases? How long usually does it take to settle a case? Um, we have on record 196 uh, members. Uh, these are the uh, companies that are intermediaries that are registered with us. We do charge some fees but uh, by and large, when it comes to um, the uh, 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 mandatory, mandatory scheme for case management, uh, which I mentioned just now is below 250000 there's no fee payable by the claimant nor the uh, member. And as far as statistics are concerned, uh, Mr. Sim, the statistics don't run into uh, thousands, uh, like unlike court uh, cases. Uh, over the 11 years, from 2011 to now, we have received a total of 624 eligible disputes. That means, you know, after the uh, sifting process, uh, many, of course, are not eligible. But 624 went on for uh, 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 resolution and 419 cases were successfully uh, resolved. And um, 2022 seems to be uh, uh, going to be a busy year. Uh, so far, up to 31st of July, we have had 106 inquiries and 36 cases have been um, deemed uh, eligible. I think um, the numbers are quite high for 2022 because uh, post-COVID, um, people are back on their feet and investing. And so we do have um, quite a few uh, 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 complaints coming in. Now, um, one may ask, what are the categories of uh, cases that are being uh, dealt with? before we deal with some case uh, scenario, uh, there are three main categories of uh, complaints or disputes. One is on market conduct. 
And this means that um, somebody has suffered a loss through either fraud or uh, misappropriation, uh, questionable sales practices, or unauthorized uh, transactions. Yeah? So this is market conduct. Uh, second category will be the service standards, service standards of the uh, members, uh, resulting in delays, uh, errors in transactions, uh, online transactions uh, uh, suffering from glitches, time delays, and also very importantly is non-full disclosure. I think a bulk of the inquiries that come in is always uh, the complaint that, oh, I was not told this, oh, I didn't realize it was like this, I didn't fully understand, and so on. Uh, the third category are members' practices and policies. Again, non-disclosure is an important aspect. Um, sometimes we have uh, uh, naughty members who will misrepresent uh, information, misinformation, misrepresentation um, of, um, of what the uh, product is uh, or, and, and also about the amount of fees and charges that will be uh, uh, have that are entailed and have to be paid. Uh, also, maybe... Uh, 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 information on product development is not so clear, not so comprehensive, and uh, it also deals with sales uh, policies of the members. Some, as you know, may be more pushy than others. Uh, these are all grounds for uh, complaints. Okay, so with that said, right, let's run through some scenarios together, yeah. and then maybe our listeners will have a clearer picture on how they can approach their situation and how Cedric can help, right? Okay, so scenario number one, how does Cedric approach a case whereby someone was sold a structured product by a financial institution, but subsequently suffered monetary losses from their investment. This person claims that they did not understand the features of the structured product. Can they seek compensation? Now, I think this is a uh, frequent complaint where an investor has put his money down and then, of course, uh, suffers a loss. <laughs> of course, the, the uh, upside is that when people make money, they don't pack the investor on the back and say, well, then. I don't think that uh, happens so often. But um, it's only when people lose money, then they are... Uh, you know, made to really uh, face reality. So they do come to, uh, when they do come to SIDRAC, our case managers will swing into action. And the first thing they look out for would be like documents. What documents were signed? Uh, what were the circumstances under which uh, the product was uh, sold? Uh, we like, like to need to know a little about the background of the claimant. Is he educated, literate, or uh, totally uh, illiterate and at the hands of the uh, uh, intermediary? So, uh, or whether any of this has resulted in misrepresentation, misinformation, non-disclosure. We also check the uh, SC guidelines, BERSA guidelines, BERSA rules, whether there's any uh, shortcomings yeah, or any, uh, may not necessarily be some wrongdoing, but it could very well be some shortcoming uh, uh, along the way. The claim will then be uh, referred to a mediator for mediation. Unfortunately, um, the claimant must understand they do not come to SIDREC for compensation. Uh, SIDREC does not uh, pay out to any members, even if the case is a 100% proven case and uh, they have lost um, uh, to due to, to the uh, wrongdoings of a member, uh, you can't get compensation from SIDREC. The compensation uh, will have to come eventually from the member. So it's only the process that we are talking about, whether it's the process of mediation, adjudication, or eventually, if everything else fails, uh, litigation in court. 
so let's say the member is proven to be guilty, right? I mean, the composition doesn't come from CITREC, right? It, does this mean that the the, the member, your CITREC member is compelled to t- give the composition or actually can they choose to still not give the composition uh, and then thereby the complaint, complainant will bring this situation to the courts and then maybe the CITREC's case or what they went through CITREC might be kind of a... Um, a proof or something that will help the complainant seek proper composition from the member. Is that a, a is that how it works as well? Yes, yes. Uh, just to uh, restate, the uh, case managers do not make any decisions. Okay. Um, then, when a matter goes before a mediator, again, a mediator does not make any decisions. This is the law on mediation, and in fact, we do have a mediation act. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's 2010. So uh, the, the, the rules and the provisions of mediation are all spelled out in the Act. So when a mediator mediates in a case like this, um, to be successful, the mediator has to get the parties together, sit down and see uh, what is the uh, grounds for complaint and see whether there can be a uh, settlement through negotiations. Um, let's talk about another scenario. Uh, an investor wants to lodge a claim against a capital market intermediary because it was forced sold shares they held in the share trading account they have with the intermediary. Can they seek compensation? All right. So there will be various uh, issues to be considered. Question is if this if it is a fact uh, that fact has to be proven that the shares are actually being forced sold. Then the next question is uh, why. Why were they forced uh, sold? Uh, was it due to non-payment by the uh, client? Um, was it a margin call situation? Uh, or were there outstanding uh, contra losses? So these are various uh, grounds which will have to be considered. Um, and then, um, again, as I said, the compensation will have to come. If there's some wrongdoing on the part of the member, Compensation will have to come from the member. Okay. Um, another situation, an, in, an investor who has very little financial understanding was not aware that the investment product they bought from an agent of a capital market intermediary was a high-risk product. The investor mm-hmm. later lost the principal they've invested in the product. How can they deal with this? Uh, can they even seek compensation? Right. This is, uh, again, a case that can happen uh, quite frequently and a situation where people rely heavily on the intermediary for information. And uh, uh, simply because the person, the, the, the investor may be illiterate or um, does not understand what is uh, written in documents and so on, that's, that's why the background of the uh, client, the background of the investor is very important to see whether a person is uh, literate or not. And um, in assessing uh, reliability and credibility and so on, uh, a lot will depend on what the uh, uh, Remysia has said by way of information, whether it's oral, whether it's in writing, whether it was explained, explained in a language that the uh, investor can understand. So these are all very relevant uh, considerations. Um, and definitely if the matter, let's say the matter is in court, these are the very issues which uh, the court will uh, seek to uh, drill down uh, to see whether or not it was a fair bargain, whether or not um, there was any misrepresentation arising from uh, the lack of uh, knowledge. But then on the other hand, um, uh, everyone is uh, deemed to uh, have a fair bargain. It's at uh, arm's length. And if there's no misrepresentation, no uh, whether negligent or uh, 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 intentional misrepresentation, uh, then of course um, the uh, members 
if they have discharged their duty to explain, uh, they would seem to be in the clear. So ignorance is really not uh, 100% ground to uh, get compensation from a member. Right, okay. Uh, last, lastly, a scenario for you. An investor has paid cash to their unit trust consultant to purchase a unit trust product, but sometime later they checked. They went to check on the investment at the office of the unit trust company. They found that the company did not have any record of the investments. What can they do about this? Ah, this is where record keeping is very, very important because if you have paid money over directly in big cash to agents or to consultants uh, without record, now that's a very, very uh, silly thing to do. And I think the, uh, the fault really will uh, rely on the, uh, uh, the investor for being so... You just cannot trust everybody 100%. Uh, so our advice uh, is that don't pay cash. Don't pay cash directly to agents or to uh, consultants. Uh, pay to the member company uh, and then uh, have records so that when you come to Sidrek and say, hey, look, you know, I have uh, paid uh, $250,000 for this, that and the other. Uh, and then we ask you, oh, please uh, show proof that you have such uh, made such a payment. Then your bank records will be uh, uh, your best line of uh, offense. We have a tagline in uh, Sidrek uh, so that uh, when members or rather when uh, claimants uh, lose their money and they're all in a jam, our tagline is stay cool, call Sidrak. We are here to help. Okay, great, great. And that's all the time we have for Ringgit and Cents. I've been speaking to Dato Ma Wenkwai, Chairman for Sidrak. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. I'm Sim Wibun from The Morning Run. We have the 10am news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise, BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.